on this week's show. Defeat in his first game in charge of Margate, but Mark Stimson sees the positives. Like I've just said to him, you perform like that for the next 10, 15 games, I'm sure we're going to win more than we lose. They got the game on and they got three points. Phoenix Sports boss Steve O'Boyle delighted after his side seal of seven oaks. I thought we totally deserved it and, you know, like you say, I, I think we're in a, a lot better place than we was a few weeks ago. And a five-star showing after a tricky couple of weeks, we hear from Corinthian boss Michael Golding. I've struggled as a, as a 35, 36-year-old man and you've got 18, 19-year-old boys in, in the squad and in the changing room that have seen that happen to one of their best mates. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Sandwich Town Youth FC. It was a bit wet at the weekends, so the football programme was decimated, but we've still got three interviews for you to enjoy, and they're from three different divisions, so in my head that's the equivalent of podcast jackpot. Uh, I'm John Phipps, busy pondering how to spend the absolute pittance I can get back from hellish chain journeys, and I'm now as a man who left me playing interview potluck on Sunday morning. It's Matt Gerrard, how are you mate? Not bad mate, not bad at all, Merry Christmas to you, I suppose we can say that now with what nah. less than two weeks to go so a bit of excitement I've got my work due on Friday um I've still got another week of work but yeah all good mate all good been a strange week we didn't have that many games did we so uh after all the excitement it was a uh, after Lord's Mayor's show is that's what he's saying isn't it yeah yeah a little bit yeah it was, it was well, I say I was playing the interview potluck I literally when he texted me on Sunday morning I had no idea where you'd gone so it was quite exciting and I said to P I said to her oh I wonder where he was. I wonder who this is going to be. And then uh, I hit play and it was pretty much exactly where I wanted you to be, mate. So that's uh, that was great news. I, yeah, I should have got the bloke's number, really, but um, I'm sure I can get that. If I think I've it, got so. it. I think I've oh, got right, it that's somewhere. That's cool. That's cool. But yeah, all good, mate. I suppose we, we've got to be quick because I think you've got to catch a train, haven't you? So I have, yeah. been a little bit delayed doing my actual job. So that's made uh, uh, an impact on my time uh, to spend buggering about with uh, silly podcasts. Maybe One thing, more. though, where I, where I was, I met a fan of the pod, Kevin, who is an Ebsleet fan, lives in Broadstairs. We've got Hello, Kevin. From Broadstairs. Very nice mate. Talked to him about football and where we thought the whole world was going wrong with football. But it was very nice to meet Kevin. So he, apparently, if I, hopefully I'll see him again walking the dog because he does walk the dog same places that I do. But uh, very nice to meet Kevin at the game, at the Margate game I was at on Saturday. So and we appreciate the kind words for the pair of us, John. So uh, from oh, was he nice? Was he nice about us? Yeah, he was good. Yeah, he said he, he really enjoys the pod. He's uh, um, an absolute season ticket holder. Couldn't be bothered to go to the trophy game in hindsight because when he left, they were winning 1-0 and then when I checked my phone after I think they'd lost. So, um, yeah, he, he won't be going to Wembley this year, but very nice to meet Kevin. A fellow man from Broadstairs who uh, enjoys the pod. Excellent. I hope you got his consent to give him a shout-out. But hello, Kevin. Thanks for listening. Uh, tell us quickly, Matt, about our sponsors as well. They've got a big game this weekend. They have got a big game this weekend as I quickly um, pick up my phone to do it. It's, let me just check. They're doing quite well. Um, Sandwich Town Youth FC. Good old It's Nick a local Cunningham. derby against Woodensboro, isn't it? Is that right? They're expecting yeah. 150 to 200 people. Yeah. Here we, show, uh, here we go. Yep. This uh, this big derby game on the 17th, 2pm at the Butts in Sandwich, v Woodensboro. They're hoping to get to 150 to 200 there. There's going to be Sky Sports in the bar, hot and cold food, so people can watch the football afterwards. So uh, if you're in the area, um, big game, Sandwich Town Youth versus Woodensborough. Uh, if you know, you live in the area, Woodensborough and Sandwich aren't too far apart. So uh, fingers crossed they can get a lot of people there um, and uh, we'll find out next week how they get on. But uh, yeah, thanks for Nick Cunningham 
as ever, um, Sandwich Town, you sponsoring the pod. Big game this weekend. Um, good luck with Nick and his team. I remember playing against Woodnersbury in my Havelock Hammers heyday, and I remember right that we got stuffed. So there's absolutely no doubt why I'm supporting uh, the big game on Sunday. Come on, the sandwich. That's all I can say. Uh, anyway, Matt, you've heard this before, uh, but it's our 277th episode this week. And it's been a while since we've just gone for cold hard number facts. So here we go. It's a prime number, a regular prime, a super prime. Actually, it's a super, super, super prime. Uh, it's the largest prime factor of the Euclid number, a Perrin number in the Taylor series and a self number. And perhaps most pointlessly of all, on an infinite chessboard, there are 277 squares that a knight could reach from a given starting position in exactly six moves. Uh, what load of piffle that is, Matt. Uh, since I told you that, all this last week, um, did, have you realised anything about the chessboard? No, but there was a question on, I think it might have been University Challenge, and somebody said, or some, there was someone, Gary Kasparov or one of the, Bobby Fisher, he's got, a, one of his plans are that he can move, he created a new chessboard that can make 666 positions at once or something, and everybody could go to. So, no, I still haven't got any of that with chess. Um, I think we did play. I told you I played, played a game of chess. I was terrible at it, but no, I don't really understand all about chess. So, what what did you put in last week then I was about the 276 show? Do you know what, mate? I can't remember. It's almost as if I played the I, I edited the whole podcast. And then when I went to save it, I realised that it was 276 and yeah. not 277. So I just found something off a, off a well-known website and chucked that in. I'm sure it was great. I can't. I really can't remember it, but I'm sure it was great. We are doing well. 277, bloody hell, mate. That is a lot. I know. Unbelievable. Uh, right, let's get on with the actual show then. And we're going to kick off this week in the Eastman League Premier Division. Where, as we said last week, there's a new man in charge at Margate. Uh, Mark Stimson's first game at the helm didn't quite go to plan as Gate were beaten 1-0 at home by Carl Shulton. A result which leaves them just a point outside the bottom four, and with three of the four teams below them having games in hand. But as you're about to hear, the new gate boss was able to take plenty of positives from the loss, as he explained to Matt after the game. Uh, I thought it was a really close game. I thought both teams tried to play good football in, in sort of windy conditions, but uh, the surface allows you to try and play football, uh, so that was pleasing. But uh, disappointing results. I, I'm not sure we deserved that, and it's, it's you know it's only what 45 minutes after the game. So, uh, but overall, I thought the boys put in a great shift. Uh, we created a few good chances, and another day could have maybe had two or three goals the first half with the corners we put in there. But uh, it wasn't to be. To concede a goal like they scored was probably a wonder strike. Uh, and then after that, the boys' reaction was very good and positive. And uh, again, we've put balls in the box and it's just gone the wrong side of the post today. But uh, the boys have got to take a little bit of belief from that. And like I've just said to them, you perform like that for the next 10, 15 games, I'm sure we're going to win more than we lose. Yeah, I think you had a lot of possession today as well. Is that pleasing the game, how you want to play? Yeah, we've talked about that. Obviously, with this surface, you can keep possession a little bit more than on the grass pitches when they get a little bit bobbly and muddy. So uh, that's something we're asking the players to do. Uh, and they look quite confident doing it. And now we've just got to keep building, keep training, keep working on things. And then hopefully it all comes together and we can be standing here talking about more wins than defeats. Again, you come into the job. What attracted you to the Margate job? They're a club that's been in this division for a long while lot of plans to do the ground up. Is that a big project for you, think, for you here? Yeah, after talking to the board, their ambition is, is like mine. They want to progress. They want to go up. Uh, they know they're in a situation at the moment. It's not going according to plan, probably on the pitch, like it's off the pitch, because there's some great ideas going on outside. Uh, and after talking to them, I thought to myself, I've got, I've got to take this opportunity, because the, they all seem very honest and uh, enthusiastic, like myself. That's, that's what I am. I'm honest. I'm enthusiastic. I'll give it my best shot, and hopefully turn these results around and get up this league 
you're coming in, the club that sacked the manager. Is it players' confidence when you've had the? I presume you had one training session with the players. What was your initial findings in that? Yeah, listen, it's very difficult when a manager gets uh, sacked because this happened to me, and you go into a group and you don't know how they're going to be. I've just, you know, I've just had a brief chat and just said to them, "Look, it's happened. It's horrible. Won't wish it on upon anyone." But I'm sure Reese will go on and become a better manager for this this uh, circumstances. With the players, they're the lucky ones. They're still here. They can still perform. They've still got a chance. Reese has got to wait for a chance, like myself when I got sacked by Onchurch. I had to wait. I can't just turn up with my boots and play uh, but now, now I've got this opportunity like I said I'll be taking it with both hands giving everything I've got and hopefully that'll be enough to get this club up this league Have you worked with any of these players before? No and that was a good fresh challenge for me because I've never done that before either. I've always gone somewhere where I've worked two or three four or five players before but this group I know all of them because I've played against them but to work with them as fresh players is good because there's new my ideas maybe fresh ideas to them and uh, they're all going to be given an opportunity to try and produce what we think enough to, to get this club up. Do you look to bring players in though? I presume on players on contract it's difficult to get players in and out I suppose as well. That's right and difficult to get players in because obviously other players are tied up. So no, you're always looking. You've always got a little list that you might like to, to, to delve into but uh, that'll take time uh, unfortunately but we're working behind the scenes. The club are backing me and uh, we look forward to maybe trying to bring someone in sooner rather than later. You're back in Kent after working in Essex after you spell it Gillingham. Can you still attract players, good players in Kent available, think, for you? Yeah, I think so. Again, like you say, I ain't been in Kent for many, many years. I've been in Essex for a long while, so a lot of my scouting and players have come from sort of Essex side, but I've had a few South London boys, Chris Dixon, to mention one, uh, who's at the Jills with me as well. So, yeah, no, no. He still no. scores goals, doesn't he? He scores goals, <laughs> that boy. He loves it. Uh, but, uh, no, we'll be looking locally as well as, uh, as a further distance, and at the end of the day, if, you know, if players want to play, they'll, they'll go anywhere to play football. This is a good challenge for you, is it? Fantastic challenge. Really excited with it. Look forward to it and uh, can't wait for the next game. I've always liked Mark Stimson, uh, Matt, and, and he came across really well there. How big do you think the job ahead is for him? I thought it was a poor game. Um, special by an absolute beauty of a goal by Carl uh, Shorten. Um, again, I didn't realise how bad it was for Margate. When you look at the league table, a lot of teams have got games in hand. They could really get sucked in. I have to say... I think they're the third. I'd be worrying about the, where the goal's going to come from. I think they've only got one striker in Steve Corley. I know Mark Stimson normally brings in him his uh, son, Charlie, who is a decent player. So I would have thought there will be a lot of changes um, going around. Quite interestingly, he didn't get a player interview there because apparently the week before, in the in-house TV, um, they were quite critical of the club, some of the players. So... Uh, um, yeah, interesting. I think Mark Stimson knows what he's doing. I, I think a lot of those Margate players, when I go and see them again on the 1st of January when they play Folkestone, might not actually be there and a lot of his own players will come in. So he knows this level, um, a good character, with the good news that maybe Margate Stadium or at least behind one of the goals is going to be put into a stand. It has got potential, but I'd be a little bit concerned um, where the goals are going to come from. Carl Shorten weren't great, but they were a little bit better than Margate. I think it's the thing I've said, though. He's got contacts, hasn't he? And, and, yeah. and yeah, the, the Essex thing, OK, most I'm of the sure. players that he knows from Essex, but do, do you know what? I'm sure he can tempt players to, to come down with him and he might even find a way of training a little bit further away from Margate to, to make sure those players can come. Yeah, I think they used to try and up the, try and up the line anyway, so it's not a problem for them. But I think yeah, it's always been a problem for some of the teams right on the outskirts of here getting players to train. 
the higher they go up. So, yeah, I think Mark Stimson's a good appointment. I didn't realise how bad his record was at Grays this season as well. So he's not had much luck, but I'm sure he'll bring his own players in. Margate, desperate to stay up. I'd be a, bit, a little bit concerned if you're a Margate supporter, how it's going this season. Um, there was a little bit of discontent, I think, with the previous manager. Mark Stimson's come in. Wasn't much of an atmosphere there. Margate, you know, always been a club that's never sort of going anywhere, I don't think. Maybe Mark Stimson could be the catalyst of that to, with the new with the new stand coming in to maybe move them up a little bit. But yeah, it's always, always been a little stagnant at Margate. Maybe Mark Stimson's the man to kick it off because, as we mentioned before, the previous managers only lasted less than a year. They could do with real stability there. Absolutely. They need to get a bit of... Uh, a bit of stability, exactly as you say there, Matt. And I feel you know, the potential is there because you only have to look down the road, as I'm sure many Margate fans are at the moment, to see that Ramsgate have managed to build their club up and start getting thousands through the gate again. And, and you know, 10 years ago, Margate played Maidstone in a top-of-the-table clash in this division. This is incredible. And there were 2,500 people there. You know, the, the, the potential is there for Margate, but the team's got to be winning. And, and I think in Thanet, you know, like your, your your mate at the top of the show, you know, he, he lives in, in Thanet and I'm sure he can be a floating supporter sometimes when Epsley aren't at home. And and it's about making sure that those people who are in that mindset want to go and see Margate, you know, because it is difficult for them because Ramsgate are doing so well and people want to watch winning teams. They want to watch good football. And I think Mark Simpson can get his team playing good football. But as you say, it's just about getting a striker because as we're going to hear from another interview later in the show, that's the hardest thing to get, isn't it? Yeah, well, Steve Cawley, yeah, good striker at that level. But they, 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 you could see they looked side lacking in confidence when they got in the final third. Nobody wanted to take a shot; they play it back. So, yeah, they're on a bit of a bad run. It'll be, it'll be interesting. They, they again get some firepower in because I think I, they just didn't. You know, Mark Stimson, I think he he said the right things in that interview. The way they played, but I'm sure they can play a lot better and create a lot more chances than they did there against the Car Shorten side who. He looked a bit lively. I have to say, it's one of the best goals I've seen this season was the winning goal. An absolute beauty, 30-yard pile blaster from um, the, the, the Carl Shorten player. But yeah, things to work on. I've got a massive game against Kingstonian this weekend, um, Margate. They could give the fans some Christmas cheer. If they can get three points there, that will um, boost it a little bit. A defeat there will concern a little bit uh, for Margate supporters. Yeah, the Matt Gerrard goal of the season contest sounds prestigious until you remember that he watches Dover most of the time. <laughs> uh, elsewhere in that division, Chatham went down 2-1 at home to Hastings on Saturday for a 2-2 draw at Horsham on Tuesday. Uh, while Craig Wanderers were 3-0 up with 12 minutes to go at home to Harringay Borough, but ended up with just a point from a 3-3 draw. Uh, this weekend, it's Chatham against Hornchurch. Craig Wanderers go to Hashtag United. Hopeston go to Horsham. And as Matt has just said, it's Margate against Kingstonian. Uh, let's stick with the Eastman League. we move down to the southeast. Only two of the weekend fixtures survived. And one of them was even on a grass pitch. And for Phoenix Sports, it was definitely worth getting that game on as they recorded just their third win of the league season by beating seven eights by three goals to two. And my first question to boss Steve O'Boyle was about getting that game on. Yeah, we don't call games off. Um, like you say, I'm, I'm, I am old school and I actually do I actually do believe the game's gone a little bit soft and um, too many clubs for me now try and get games off rather than get games on. And, um, you know... We we don't we don't like doing that. We like playing football on a Saturday. So um, you know it weren't it wasn't that hard to get the game on. We had to do a few things, but the game was done. And we don't really call too many games off. Uh, a massive win for you though against Seven Oaks. Your third win of the season. It must be a, a big relief for you. 
Um, we needed that win, yeah, of course we did. You know, we haven't had the greatest start, um, greatest start to the season, and um, it was a much needed win. But do you know what? It was coming. Um, the last three three um, results. You know, Burgess Hill away midweeks a tough place to go, and they come back with a two-all um, was a was a was a good performance and a, and a good point. We went to sitting ball on the Saturday, and um, you know they're third in the league. We went one nil up, and they scored two goals quite close together, which was disappointing. But I thought we I thought we went toe to toe with sitting ball. I thought we gave them a real good game and. And, you know, so I see a load of positive signs from the from them two results. And I went at the Saturday's, went at the Saturday's game positive and I thought, do you know what? Why can't we, why can't we, um, why can't we turn them over? And I honestly believe that we, we totally deserved the win. We, we had, um, we had enough chances. Yeah. So did they, but you know, they've got, they're a good team, but I thought we totally deserved it. And, you know, like you say, I, I think we're in a, a lot better place than we was a few weeks ago. So yeah, yeah. Lots to look forward to. Uh, first goal from Ryan Hayes, I understand was, was from distance, was it? Yeah, Rhino, yeah. Yeah, I was, to be fair, it was a little bit wind assisted, you know, but, you know, Rhino knows that, doesn't he? You know, he, he knew he had a bit of wind behind him and he hit from, say, maybe 40 yards and it was a yeah fantastic strike. Great goal, great goal. And his second goal weren't bad either. <laughs> like you say, obviously, you, you've had some, some positive results last few weeks. I suppose uh, tough to bounce back after what happened at Ramsgate, uh, what, a month ago? Oh look, listen, is we can all we can all make excuses and whatever. We've had we've had a lot going on. We've had a lot going on. I'll be honest with you, it started in pre season for me. Um Tashi Tashi J. Quay was was signed another year contract with us after promotion. And he went out to Australia to work for a month and he's been out there ever since. Um you try play replacing Tashi J. Quay. I can't replace him. Um I'll bring in Danny Lear. Um, who was who was prolific last season? Ruth Melvedia out for the season, hasn't kicked a ball for us. Bought in Bobby Mills, fell off a ladder at work. He's out. For, he was out for the season. He's only just started coming back training now, but I, I don't see. I don't think he'd be playing anytime soon. So, you know, and and, and the other one was Andy Pugh. Andy Pugh never hasn't has only started playing recently. So we had a numerous we had numerous amount of set, uh, strikers out injured or or, or out. You know, and and it kills you. It really does. You know, um, I was positive going into the new season, and I'll be honest with you, the league we've come into um, for me has gone on another level. I think the, the the step up from Kent League to Ishmael League is massive, and it and it shocked me. I'm not going to lie, it shocked me. You know, we only left it a year ago, and I thought the team we had was going to be fine. Um, and we went in and I stayed loyal to the players in the summer, you know, that won promotion. I didn't really, didn't really look for too many. But I stayed loyal to the players that won us promotion. I made one mistake letting Francis Babio leave the football club. I should never let him go, um, you know, because he's a great lad and also a good player. And that was a mistake on my part. But, um, I'm disappointed with some of the players that I stayed loyal to that, you know, we, we got off to a poor start and I feel that they went back into their comfort zone at step five and got paid more money to play step five football and they sort of walked out, the players walked out 
um, walked out of the football club with with no real notice, and it put us in a really bad position. And for for quite a few weeks, and I ain't gonna. I, I was on the phone eight hours a day, seven days a week, trying to recruit players, and it was it was tough going. And to be honest with you, part of that was Ramsgate away. We went to Ramsgate. We were we were we were down to bare bones. Um, um, and we were we, we we weren't the team I wanted us to be, and we caught them on a very very good day, and we were really poor on a day. And to be honest with you, nine one, yeah, it was it was it was a very very bad afternoon. Um, and you know, I, I have nothing nothing really more to say about that that day. It was a really really bad day. I've never been beat like that in my life. Um, all I will say is that a lot of lot of managers will probably call it a day after that, and I'm not that sort of person. You know, I ain't going out like that. You know, it's um, I, 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 it just made me work harder. Generally speaking, uh, you've you talked a little bit about you know the challenges that you face personally, but how hard is it for a club like Phoenix Sports to, to compete at the level that you're at? Can't, can't, can't compete. You know, honestly. Step six, step five football has gone absolutely crazy. Like, and I'm, every time I go in for a player, they can get paid a lot more money playing step five football than I can offer them. You know, the money in step five is absolute crazy. The money in step six is crazy. Um, you know, and, and it was one of the reasons why I wanted to get out of step five last season. We've done brilliantly to get out last season because our budget step five this year would have been mid-table-ish. Um, and we would never have been out to compete with some of the boys who were chucking the money around. And it has gone stupid. And I, I, I can't believe some of, you know, I can't believe the money at step five and step six. You know, so so when you're saying that, I'm got the players I'm going in for. Why would you want to come and play in the Ishmael League when you can play in the Kent League or the Scaffold League and earn a lot, lot more, more money for less, less, less travelling? And and that's what that's what that's what we're facing. And then you come into this, you come into the Ishmael League, and you know there's some healthy budgets, and we just haven't got one. And it's been it's been hard. It really has been hard. But you know that's 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 life of a football manager. Um, I know I know I know my budget for the start of the season, and uh, you know you just get on with it, don't you? You know, like you say, it's a lot of recruiting, a lot of hours going into stuff, and. I've had a lot, a lot of knockbacks this year. Like you know, where players just don't want to come and play for us because we can't, we can't financially compete. Um, but we won't give up and we carry on going. And I'm at a point now. I'm really happy with the squad. I'll probably maybe looking at bringing in one, maybe two players. I'm happy with the squad I've got now. Um, I've got one or two players coming back from injury, which is good. Um, I've signed a centre half. That will be will be um, with us Saturday. Um, he will make a big difference to us. Um, he's played at a very good level, but he he signed. I signed him last week, and um, we'll be okay. We'll be okay. You know, like I say, that win last week was 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 good. We definitely needed it, but um, it was good. And I'm only looking. I'm only looking looking upwards. Uh, talking about finally, you play Ashford this weekend. I guess you'll be. They, they've not had the season other people might have thought they might and, and you've got confidence after what's happened last weekend? Yeah, I, I won't go into any football match like, you know, think, not thinking I can win. Um, Ashford are 
They're, they've got a very, very good manager. They've got a decent management team now. They know what they're doing. Um, they've, got, they've got some good players. Um, and, you know, like you say, they, they, they'll be confident coming to us. You know, um, they'll be confident coming to us. Um, we've had a great win last week, and it does make your week a little bit better, doesn't it? You know, like you say, you've had seven days, seven day, you have seven days of feeling good about yourself. Um I would like to. I'd like to. I'd like to go into the game confident, and um, if we can put in the same performance that we put in against Seven Oaks, I can't see no reason why we can't. Um, we can't cause another shock. You know, we had a we had a mad game with Ashford early on in the season away from home. It was, it was. Um, we won five three. It could have been. It could have been twelve nine. <laughs> you know, it was that much. It was that. It, honestly, it was so end to end from the whole game. Um, but it, you know, it was a good win for us. But they're a good team, and they're run by a good. Their, their manager is very, very good, and you know, and I, I no doubt he'll be, he'll be, he'll be um, saying that to his players that they've already beat, beat, we've already beaten them once, and they want, they're going to want revenge for that. But you know, they're a good side, and you know, I've, we've got no divine right to turn around and say that yeah, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're um, looking to win that game. You know, we're going to we're going to go into it full of confidence and. I'm hoping we can have the same sort of level of performance than we had last Saturday, and that's all I want, really. I've said to the players the other week: win, lose, or draw. If you give me, if you give the football club 110 percent every week, and we did that at, at, at sitting bone, I, I, I sat down with them in the dressing room afterwards and went, "Unfortunately, lads, they weren't our day." But if you can do that for us every game from now to the end of the season, you'll get no complaints from me. None at all. And like you say, seven days later, we're sitting there, same performance, but three points in the, in the bag. So all I want is a decent performance on Saturday, win, lose or draw, decent performance, and we'll see where it takes us. Whenever I speak to Steve, Matt, I'm always impressed by his brutal honesty, and, and he's not held back there on, on a number of topics, has he? No, it's quite interesting. Um teams want to play I think he wanted to play and quite brave of what he said about the disappointing season they've got and how they can't compete at this level um, that was a massive win against a decent 7-8 side I know they've recently changed the manager but the squad stayed the same so yeah <laughs> a spade a spade and I'm sure the players in the Phoenix Sports dressing room probably like what um, what he says in them if they can um, try and achieve success but interesting Quite an experienced side they've got, Phoenix Sports, but very difficult to compete at this level. That promotion last season, as you said, they got got them up, allowed them to play at a higher level because maybe it would have been tough getting out of it. But now they've somehow got to try and stay in that division. But results against Seven Oaks um, can improve that. And if they get players back, and Ryan Hayes, he must be nearly 36, 37, Andy Pugh, you know, We've seen what Franny Collin can do for Hyde. If you've got that little bit of experience, it can help the younger players and help the club move forward. But a very experienced squad and a very experienced manager, Stephen Boyle. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I just think it was it was great when he said, you know, we can't compete. Um, you know, but, um, and budget-wise. And, and, you know, we've been talking about this quite a bit about other teams in, in, in lower levels. There's less than 100 people there uh, oh. on Saturday. And, you know, a team in step four Less than 100 people, and you've got Ramsgate who beat them 9 1 a few weeks ago, mm. getting 1300 in through the gate. So it tells you the difference, doesn't it, between you know, and, and exactly what sort of thing Phoenix Sports and, and Steve O'Boyle are up against. And you know, that, that's, a, that's a massive win, and, that, and they've got to build on that to, to, to keep 
to keep a bit of momentum. And, and you know, Ryan Hayes, as you say, he's, he, he is getting on a bit, but he's still got it. And, you know, scoring from 40 yards, you've got to do it. At, at, you've got to be good to do that at any level. We were funny enough watching the Newcastle game earlier on and, and uh, Theo Hernandez had an open goal from 40 yards and didn't make it. You know, and so to have that quality that Ryan Hayes has got and always has had, I'm sure, you know, even if the pace has gone a little bit, he's still going to be a massive threat. And him getting two goals this weekend, that, that'll give him a boost and, and you know, help him push forward and, and hopefully Phoenix Sports can turn the corner. Yeah, uh, again, clearly conceding goals has been a major problem for them because they're um, averaging three a game. Again, at nine, they conceded against Ramsgate. And... and I like the point we said there. Some people would have walked away from that 9-1 drubbing. Um, he didn't. Um, and, and, he, he can, and he can work towards that as a catalyst of saying, we don't want to go down that route again. It's going to be a tough season for them. Um, it's almost a league of two halves, isn't it, the Eastman League South East at the moment? Because you've got your teams, your Ramsgates, your Sheffields, your, your Cray Valleys, uh, your three bridges up the very top. But then there's a real dogfight coming down the bottom. And... and do you know what? I, I, I'm sure that some people won't mind me saying that there's some poor teams near the foot of that table. Um, you know, Irvin Belvedere have found it really tough since they've come up. And that's that's showing that maybe the gap between step four and step five is actually bigger now than it has been for a long time. Yeah, I I've never really thought about that, but I think maybe it is. Erith have kept the majority of their squad and probably added it a bit more experience than they did do at the start of the season. But, but they've struggled. And now Beckenham, you know, he did well last season. And now they've got... Wrong end of the thing. So maybe teams are, um, maybe the whole issue with this league is only two going up, isn't there? That the quality of the players are maybe filtering down into this sort of league as well. So players are sort of spent, teams are spending a bit of money to try and um, get up the league. But, you know, football, the, the money's dripping down. And we know that good players are playing at this level. And if you can't attract those players, you're going to struggle this season. So, and with the, you know, the thing of the tides, you've got the cup run, you've got an extra bit of money. It could be a little bit struggle for the likes, you know, 98 through the door. It, it must be soul destroying after that. You know, you got a good crowd when they got promoted and, you know, the highs of that. And it just hasn't been vindicated when you move up the league. I suppose it helps if you win football matches. But, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting season for them. Um, we're hoping that two can go up, John, but we've got to be concerned that two are going to go down. Yeah, I think it, the other thing as well is, you know, he said he's had bad luck with strikers. He signed one who's then gone to Australia. He signed one who fell off a ladder. He signed another one who's got injured. You know, sometimes your luck's just out, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You make your lame luck and they sort of even itself over the season. I'm not saying that um, injuries play a part, but he's just got to get try and get a settled squad and use the experience he's got. I see Andy Walker's still in goal. He must be 40 plus, but he's a good goalkeeper at this level. But he's seen it. Um, from there, you, you can see the enthusiasm out of his voice when they actually won a game. So uh, you probably hated to be around him when they lost 9-1 to Ramsgate. And clearly he was very upset about that. But that one win has sort of given a bit of a little pep in his voice, a little bit of go forward. Let's go again. Wants to play again. Let's try and get another result. You know, back-to-back wins could be absolutely crucial in this division. Yeah, the other game which survived on Saturday was at Sheffield United where the home side beat East Grinstead 3-0. Only back inside for that with a 6-0 win at Littlehampton on Tuesday night. Uh, despite their cup escapades, the Ites have now played the second most league games of any side in the division. Only Phoenix Sports have played more than their 16. And they're off into the playoff spot. So Ramsgate were in action on Wednesday night, beating just a 4-0 to me, three points clear at the top. 
Uh, this weekend, Brecon go to Broadbridge Heath. It's Home Bay against Horndean. Hyde Town against Chichester. Lansing against Sheffield United. Uh, Cray Valley go to Littlehampton. It's Phoenix Sports against Ashford United. We've already heard seven Oaks home to Burgess Hill and Sitting Bourne host Merston. On Tuesday night, it's Hyde against Beckenham. Uh, Wednesday, Irith and Belvedere against Littlehampton. And also on Sunday, there is the game between Irith and Belvedere uh, and Ramsgate. Uh, for, <laughs> for another person in the southeast side, it was all eyes on the FA Trophy. Uh, and Hyde Tower, they're into the last 32 after beating Whitehawk 3-2 on Tuesday night in their rearranged tie. So they have a home tie with National League North playoff chasers. Surely, uh, in all the three Kent teams in the fourth round, and all will be at home. 2022 winners Bromley will host Chippenham, while Welling take on Chesterfield at Parkview Road. Uh, Bromley have beaten Slough 1-0, while Welling overcame Bradley 4-3 on penalties after a 1-1 draw. Uh, but FC bowed out on spot kicks as they lost to Bishop Stortford. Well, most they went down 4-0 at Barnet. Uh, it's back to National League action for Bromley and Fleet this weekend. Uh, with Andy Rubin's side off to the seaside to face South End and Epsley are home to high flying Barnet. Uh, just the one of our National League South sides was in league action Saturday, a creditable 2 2 draw for Dartford against leaders Yeovil. It does sound like I'm rushing this. Anyone think I've got a train to catch? Uh, but on Saturday, uh, it's Dover against Bath, Tombridge Angels against Dartford, uh, Welling against Eastbourne Borough, and Worthing against Maidstone United. Uh, obviously, Dover's game at Truro Matt called off in plenty of time. Jake LaBelle has got to wait for his first game in charge. I know you've spoken to him. How are you feeling about it? All new goalkeepers signed, assigned to the defender for Watford as well today. Um. I think Dover were quite happy the game was called off last week um, with the, what was going on. Billy Terrell, thank you very much. Gone back, unfortunately, to Bournemouth. Um, uh, I, I, I still think Dover will go down, but I'm, I'm pretty more confident under Jake LaBelle that structure's going in place, um, that they can give it a fight. It will be a lovely Christmas present if they can win one of the next two games before Christmas just to give everybody a bit of a pep. But um, it'll be tough against Bath, but... Uh, I've got a feeling we won't lose on Saturday, John. I'm not saying we're going to win, but I don't think we're going to lose. So I'm confident. Uh, last then, but by absolutely no means least, is the scaffold, which we've discussed over the last couple of weeks. It's been quite a time uh, for Corinthian after their young player Cameron Beckles collapsed on the pitch during their game at Larkford and New Hyde. Uh, they won in the scaffold Challenge Cup last midweek and then hit five past Punjabi on Saturday. And it felt like a good time to get their boss on to have a chat. I started by asking Michael Golding about the latest on the condition of Cameron. Yeah, absolutely. It's the most important thing. I spoke to, to mum yesterday. Um, it, it's difficult over the weekend. We don't get many updates. The the rehab and the physios aren't in the hospitals over the weekend. So uh, information's a bit slow. And the plan is that I'm going up there tonight just to, to see mum and, and to be around in case there's an opportunity to go and see him. But I think it, it's small, slow, steady progress. Um, which is tough, still constantly looking at your phone and waiting for that news that he's miraculously better and ready to play at the weekend. But I think, obviously, ultimately, we know that's not going to be the case. But I think from where we were 14 days ago to where we are now, I think we've, we've, we've made steps. Um, and, and like I say, it's just small, steady steps. And we're, we're hopeful that he'll be out of HDU uh, at Royal London by Christmas and, and hopefully transfer to St George's in Tutin which is a stroke rehab hospital. So it's um, it, it's still hard to talk about. It's still very raw when you're talking about a 19-year-old kid's birthday this Friday. He's turning 20 on Friday. That, that he's in hospital having had a stroke. And it, it's, yeah, it's, it's tough to think about, to talk about at the moment as well. How has the last couple of weeks been for you, for you and your players? Um, incredibly tough. I think I've, I've used the word tough more than I've used any other words over the last two weeks. Um, we, it obviously happened on the 25th away at Larkfield. The, the club have been absolutely superb. I, I cannot speak highly enough of the club. Uh, we met as a group of players on the Tuesday night. 
Uh, the, the club had arranged for a councillor to come in and see the boys if they wanted to. The councillor was then there the following week as well. Um, and, and I think it's just affected people in ways I probably didn't expect. I think when, when you're then phoning the players on, on the Sunday or you're phoning players or messaging them on the Monday and asking, how are you? I think probably naively I expected players just to come back and be like, yeah, I'm okay, how's Cam? But but the boys were quite happy to be open and honest in ways I probably just didn't quite expect. And I, I don't know, like I say, whether that's my naivety, um, but the players were so honest and so open. When we met on the Tuesday, players, senior players and, and youngsters were happy to stand up and talk. Um, and I've struggled as a, as a 35, 36-year-old man and you've got 18, 19-year-old boys in, in the squad and in the changing room that have seen that happen to one of their best mates. So I just how tough that's been for them as well must be incredibly hard to process. Um, but like I say, the club, the club have been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, the councillors there, the club have organised that for the training sessions. We've, we've got links to uh, phone calls, Zoom, whatever we need at any point, which I know some of the boys are still taking because it has been hard. I think what, what the players think about of football is that it's their safe space, it's a chance to get away from their misses or the stresses of work and your mundane life and, and football is your happy place. And then you see that happen to one of your players or your, your mates, your, your teammates, and all of a sudden that throws football out of kilter slightly that you've lost this safe space because there's a kid on the floor, we don't really know what's gone wrong with him and, and now he's in hospital essentially fighting for his life, which I don't want to over-dramatise it, but, but that's what was happening. Um, so I, I think it's been a blur. The first week went incredibly slowly. I, I genuinely was glued to my phone, just waiting for a, for a message from mum and was, was up the hospital and, and trying to see mum and see what we can obviously do for her and for the family. Uh, we then played the Meridian game, which uh, again was was a bit of a blur. We got the result, we got the performance done. We gave all the boys the option: Do you want to play? Are you happy to play? Um, individually, they they were all spoken to, and, and when we decided that it was the right thing to do, we were going to play the game. But there was one or two players that said they weren't quite ready yet, which obviously we 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 respect and we appreciate them being honest with us. And then to get the result we did on Saturday. Oh, and when things like this happen, as horrible and as horrific they are, I think what is created, we're obviously a tight-knit bunch anyway, but I think it creates that unity and you've got a group of 20-odd blokes that are going through something that, that not many people in the world have been through. Um, and I think at the moment that, that's what's getting us through it. I remember you said to me in, in, in a text message, this isn't in the scaffold and step four manager's handbook. How have you coped and are you okay? Because you know, you're obviously a sounding board for your players, but you've got to look after yourself as well. Yeah, again, I, I think that's been been the hard bit. You're, you're trying to put on a brave face for the players. You've got, again, you've got 20 odd people waiting for you to message with any kind of update, and and that was incredibly hard because you're we're so far down the pecking order of who Cam's mum wants to give information to, and rightly so. We're, we're, we're a group of guys that Cam comes and play, sees two, three times a week, and and for those few days, and even now, like he, he's our life. Like we're, we're we're desperately waiting for news on Cam. But we're such a small part of the whole process for mum. So, yeah, I think it is probably tough um, in terms of being the face of that. And, and I still have to say that the hardest part for me was you go in the ambulance with Cam and the paramedics and you're making a phone call to his mum that you've never spoken to before in your life saying you need to get to the hospital pretty quick because we're not quite sure what's going to happen here. Um, and, and the paramedics were fantastic. I think I need, I need to praise Amy, our physio, Pete, the goalie coach, and the Larkville physio on the pitch. They were absolutely superb, as you expect from people. But I think you don't realise what you've got. And then 
the wider football community. We've had so many well wishes and, and the donations and, and everything's been so, so kind. And people you maybe don't expect to necessarily message, have message and ask what they can do to support. And I think that just shows, I, I use the term frenemies, but it, it just shows that football does come together in, in times of crisis and, and sad times like this. But hopefully now, like I say, we're, we're making small, small, small signs of progress. And, and I think that's for, for myself and the players as well. It's still trying to process it. It's still trying to deal with it. Um, it, it's having that counsellor to speak to or your sounding board at home or, or at work so it's I, I'm one of those textbook examples that, that probably buries their head in the sand a little bit um, and I probably had to do that to, to get myself through it but there, there'll come a time where, where you probably start to realise what you've actually been through Going back onto the pitch, you obviously won that cup game at Meridian and, and then on Saturday, a, a fantastic result. And, and I guess, as you said there, what's happened is, is, is almost galvanised you, brought you together. And I guess that win was for Cam on Saturday. Yeah, both wins were. The Meridian game, the, the first half was absolutely horrific. Uh, we went 1-0 up in the first couple of minutes for a penalty. Um, and fair play to Meridian, they, they made it hard for us. It was always going to be an emotionally charged game um, for our players returning. Like I say, not, not all of them wanted to come back and play as soon as that. Um, and, and I thank Matthew and the league and, and, and everyone that's allowed us to postpone fixtures because, again, like, it's quite unprecedented what's happening. So well, I, I do genuinely appreciate their support. But yeah, to, to come back with the winner, Meridian, was it, was it was a decision that we made as a management team that ultimately it's a game of football. We, we want to get back. The players wanted to come and play. It's a cup game. It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Probably not. What well, I mean, does anything really matter in the grand scheme of things when Cam's in hospital? Probably not. But in terms of a cup game, it, it was one game that we could get under our belts, get back out on the pitch. Um, we, we trained loosely on the Thursday before that. A couple of the boys came in and did a bit of running and some ball work on the Saturday. So they've had the option to come in but then the, the Punjab game so as horrific as Meridian was I thought we were really good against Punjab I thought I thought we dominated from the first minute we um, we restricted them and they're a good side we've had them watch we've had a couple of reports on them they'd only lost two games before we played them but but to be honest we, we went 3-0 up in the first half and second half we controlled they, they probably had a bit more uh, of the ball and a bit more possession but actually we controlled the game without having it and the last two goals probably put a bit of gloss on it but it was it was an enjoyable performance and and whereas I sat there Monday in a bit of a blur and, and not really enjoying what you're seeing Saturday the performance from the players was, was something that you could be proud of yeah back into the playoff places with that are you still playing this down <laughs> Absolutely. I was speaking to, uh, I was at the uh, VCD Tunbridge Wells game last night, speaking to a couple of managers and a chairman. Uh, and I st- I, we're obviously doing okay. We, we, as I've said to you, like we came into this season not knowing at all what we were going to be like. We had no idea when you rebuild. Uh, and then it wasn't a complete rebuild like it was last year. We managed to keep a nucleus of senior players, which, which makes such a difference. And I think, again, with being detrimental to the players, and they're probably going to have a go at me when they hear this but the difference between step four and step five is probably showing this year with us in that we had some of these players last year and we clearly weren't quite good enough whereas this year we're there or thereabouts and I look at the league table will we be there at the end of the season obviously we're going to put the, uh, the cliches come out we'll, we'll take it one game at a time um I think there's probably six or seven teams that are ahead of us in terms of resources and players and what they've got 
Um, but but we'll keep fighting. That's what Corinthians do. We've now got the um, the cam thing behind us. That, that like I say, if that galvanizes the side and brings that bit of unity, and if it can bring us an extra couple of points, we obviously don't want to play on that too much. But but if it gets us through this period, this tough period, then of course. But yeah, the, the playoffs will always be the aim. I've said before, even last year, we go into every single season wanting to win the league. I tell the players we want to win the league because otherwise, what's the point in being there? Um, and if you can't win the league because some teams have got a lot bigger resources than what you've got, then the playoffs this year are a brilliant opportunity. So we'll aim for them. Of course, we will. Do I think we'll be there at the end of the season? But I think we'll probably fall just short. But but we've got 33 points on the board and, and we're going along okay. Uh, weekend off this weekend. I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. With everything you've been through the last month, it may be good, but you've just won 5 nils. You wanted to play again, didn't you? Yeah, we probably did want to play. It's um, It was a blank weekend. I mean, the players, are, we, we're coming in, we're doing our, our Christmas day out, so the boys are going to meet in the morning, we're going to do a bit of training, and then we're going to go out for some brunch and then out into London in the afternoon. So the boys will still be together. Um, Cam works part-time in a pub in London, so we're going to go to the pub for Cam, and we're going to have a photo with, with his colleagues uh, and, and send that over to his mum and have a couple of drinks in his pub. Um, but yeah, so I think the boys are, in, are looking forward to being together. Like you say, realistically, having just come off the back of a good 5-0 and a good performance, and I, I'm critical of the players, and I don't often give them loads of praise, but they deserve praise for last week because they were good. Um, so yeah, I think I think you wanted, we probably wanted to have a game, but we uh, we trained last night. We got Thursday night off, uh, and then yeah, we'll go into a Christmas party day out type thing, and then and then we'll get ready for time draws after that. Well, it certainly has been a tough few weeks for him and his club, Matt. Uh, but the great news is that Cameron seems to be on the mend, and it really seems to have brought the club closer together. Yeah, you know, there's certain things more important than than football, and this is a you know Cameron's story. Clearly, hopefully, he's on the mend, getting closer to a hospital, closer to home, has brought the club together and puts a bit of perspective into it that three points is not necessarily the most important thing. But clearly, I think that's Michael's learned a lot about himself in these last couple of weeks regarding what's been going on um, and how people react to certain situations. So nobody knows how they react when come to a situation like that. And sometimes, you know, getting back on the football field gets you forget about it. Not as important, but um, can help the galvanise the club. So uh, um, still clearly a long way to go for Cam to get better, but he's on his way. Um, um, and clearly from what, you know, the people I've spoken to, Corinthian have, handled this absolutely magnificently, uh, the situation, um, made sure that everybody has, you know, needed to talk to people, have to talk to people, and until you're into that situation, you don't know how do you react. So, uh, absolutely fantastic. Um, I think, Corinthian, you know about this situation, shows what a good community club they are, very close-knit. Anyway, I think we knew they were quite close-knit club, um, but for, from, out, from looking in outside, you know, it's galvanised them and um, I'm sure uh, they'll use that make everybody a better person and hopefully Cameron will be better soon yeah absolutely and, and you know, to, to win that game against Punjab as well Punjab are no mugs and he's still playing it down but do you know what they, you look at their goals scored their goals against they're among the best in the division so make no mistake about it they're a dangerous side at the moment aren't they oh, I think everybody at the right end of the table is a dangerous side in this division it's going to be a, a very tight division as we've um, seen before and there's no reason why Corinthian um, can't be one of the sides that um, will be up there. Sides won't want to play them if they haven't played them already so there will be a, a difficult side and, and he's a good manager he's won this before um, I, 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 I think um, 
he'll be playing be playing it down. But I, I think they've got a big part to play uh, for the rest of this season. So yeah, I, I, I'm pleased for them because I you know it's a difficult side for last time. But um, he, yeah, he, he, you know he's he's done well as a manager, and I think um, as I say, he's learned a lot about himself over the last few weeks and a lot about his players and. He probably knows he's surrounded himself with people he wants to be surrounded with. And it's interesting. It's good, Matt, to hear about how everyone's kind of gone around that. Frenemies is the phrase he's using. Because, you know, not everybody loves everybody in football. It's not just all some sort of bubble like we think it is sometimes, is it? Uh, but everyone's really come together uh, for Cam. And, and Michael just said to me as well that, you know, the GoFundMe's gone nearly £5,000 or just gone past £5,000. And if anyone has got some money, I know it's t- times are hard and we're right on top of the Christmas, but if you do can help them, uh, then that, I'm sure that would be really well appreciated by everyone uh, at Corinthian. And Michael was was great, as always, there. Um, and it's, I know it's been tough for him as well. And, and, you know, it's important that we remember that these are just human beings as well. And, you know, when he said there, you know, I'm a 35, 36-year-old man, I think he forgot how old he was, uh, just like the other day when he said Corinthians when he was interviewed by someone. Um, but it, we need to remember the human side of things, don't we? Yeah, I think it is. People, you know, people go through some tough things, and you know, those players that saw Cameron um, collapse on the pitch, you know, it's it's going to take a while for them to get that out of their system. But I'm sure Corinthian are working with the players, and you know, as I say, sometimes it's more important than three points. And clearly, I'm glad to hear that Cameron's on the mend. Yeah, the results in that division: it is Irish Town one, Holland to Blair nil, Fabian two, VCD nil. Fisher beat Beerstead 1 0 before Fisher's Manchester manager resigned and went to Basildon. Uh, it's Kenton 1, Russell 1, Whitsville 3, Holmesdale 0. On Tuesday night, Glebe beat Fisher 3 2 after a power cut delayed the start of that one. It was VCD 0, Tunbridge Wells 0, uh, which I understand was uh, about the equivalent of Maidstone's FA Cup draw, uh, Matt, if that makes any sense to you. <laughs> Uh, the fixtures this weekend in that division, it's Pearson against Irith Town, uh, Glebe against Fabersham, Hollands and Blair against Stansfield, Holmesdale against Lordswood, uh, Kennington against Tunbridge Wells, uh, Lidtown against Fisher, Pundrum United against Whitstall, uh, free entry for Rostall against Dealtown, uh, Sutton Athletics against Wellington, and VCD are at home to Snodland. Uh, let's hope these games survive, eh, Matt, because it's uh, still a bit wet around, isn't it? It is, but I think the weather's supposed to be better at the weekend. So, uh, the scaffold over the next two to three weeks with some big games coming on, I think we'll know a lot more. Um, Havisham have got some tough, well, some of the top sides to play, haven't they? So, it uh, could be an interesting couple of weeks in the uh, scaffold. So, yeah. well, I think I think Havisham have got Glebe, Whitstable and Deal. Have they got them all away from home? Or I think we've got Deal at home. So um, Deal's at home. I, I was looking at the fixtures and funnily enough, it's uh, the 30th of December. There's three massive games in the scaffold. You've got uh, Havisham against Deal. You've got uh, Corinthian against Irith Town, which is a big game as well. And also, it's not a top-of-the-table clash, but Russell against Tombridge Wells will be bringing the fans in on that Saturday. So, uh, plenty of exciting football to come uh, over the coming period. Um, well, believe it or not, despite uh, an unexpected and completely unnecessary uh, inter- interruption, um, we are, uh, we, we've, we've pretty much done it. My train is a couple of minutes late, so I'm going to be OK to get it. Um, Matt, before we go, have you got any uh, TV recommendations or anything else you want to chat about? Uh, only slow horses I'm on uh, at the moment. Um, what have I got done this week? Um, no, I'm not really. I've been doing too much really. So uh, a day off Christmas shopping. I got absolutely drenched. That was the excitement for that. Uh, another day off next week. Again, finishing off the Christmas shopping and um, just that's about it really. Just working and 
seeing through normally it's busy time at work because it's the end of the year so a lot of report writing etc so yeah no that's really about it mate really we have to sort of work it out we'll do we'll be here next week we might not be able to have a christmas show i don't know i've talked to you about that but we'll have a big new year bonanza with all the christmas games so yeah, yeah all in all it's yeah um yeah just watch slow horses that's all i recommend to anybody at the moment uh, is it, the kids getting big presents or lots of small no, presents or this is the issue this year we decided we you know when we used to get pepper pig and lego and things like that it was a lot easier now they give us these lists and majority of their list is because they've worked out how much we spend on them. So, of course, would they rather have loads of presents that add up to that match or one present that adds up to that? And they've gone, they want a lot, what lot of little presents. So it's very difficult for us to actually buy anything. So, are, they not, are they not at the stage yet where they just would have the money? Well, we have to say that as well. But I don't know what they would do with the money. That's the thing. So, And it is nice for them to write... Open to open something up as well on Christmas Day, yeah. But I've never thought I would miss the packaging and the rubbish of Peppa Pig and um, Lego. But we've realised that you do miss that when they get to the, this age. They they know what they want, but they don't really know what they want because most of what they want is a lot of old rubbish. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know if a, I don't know if there's a and, secret Santa at your work, Matt. But if so, anybody who's got you now knows to buy you Peppa Pig stuff because that's what you just told everyone you want. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll get it out from the loft. Yeah. But, but again, with a lot of these brands they get, they, they get it all from YouTube and TikTok. And so rather than spending, say, £50 on a, or £30 on a a branded hoodie, like something from somewhere, they're getting this one that this YouTuber puts out, which I'm sure yes. after one wash would fall apart. <laughs> if you try, that, that, that's a big problem. These influencers push these their own products, but I'm sure they're going to be crap. So that, that is a problem. <laughs> Yeah, excellent. Um, I just want to say quickly, uh, congratulations to uh, Chris and Tina on their wedding last week. Hope they enjoy themselves in the Dominican Republic. I understand we may get a listen from the Dominican Republic this week. So, uh, you know, yeah, many they, congratulations they been on the list before, Dominican Republic? Uh, I don't think that... I, I the don't I'm not sure, but hopefully we'll have a first uh, from that. Um, yeah, I'm just uh, cracking on, busy. Got my works uh, drinks tomorrow. Um, so that's going to be quite good fun. Uh, working hard, playing hard. Uh, yeah, just uh, getting through the days as we can, I think. And then I, I'm not, well, I finished for Christmas on the 23rd. Uh, I think the 23rd is a really busy day. I've got two days off for Christmas and then straight back to it on Boxing Day. So uh, all the fun of the fair, uh, as they say, as, as the busy time of year comes around. Uh, but we'll keep you updated the best we can uh, over the next coming weeks. So Matt and I apparently have got to have a conversation about Christmas week. But we'll have that. It's fine. Don't worry, everybody. Don't panic. All will be good. Uh, anyway, uh, you can find us on social media on Twitter, Kent and our podcast on Facebook, search for Kent Only Podcast. You can find us on, uh, search for the group Kent Only Football Chat as well. Uh, you can also find us on threads and Instagram, right? Kent Only Podcast on both of those. Uh, well, we've done it. We're, we've done the show. It may not be our finest work, but the interviews are absolutely dragging us through this week, mate, to be honest. Um, really enjoyed them. Thanks to those guests for their time. Uh, good luck to everybody this weekend, and we'll speak to you next week on the Kent Only Podcast. I hope you try and get your own, mate. And it's not going to be too late. By the week I've had, um, I'll be surprised. I've only been delayed twice and this one's already four minutes late. So, uh, yeah, all the fun of the fair.